All right, people. Welcome to Jessica Jones, Season 1, Episode 5, a.k.a. The Sandwich Saved Me. Immediately into the great music and images to start the episode off. Blue and purple, that's the color palette. And that's what's great. And I said, Jessica is purple, as I mentioned before. But Kilgrave wears a lot of purple. He's really black. <laughs> you know, he's the far black end of purple. She's the blue end of purple. That's the struggle. I'm still amazed at the artwork here. <laughs> it's, uh, you know... They're like, look, we can't give you a huge special effects budget, but we're going to give you the best intro of all time. Oh, the electric guitar is just killing it. I can see someone performing this on stage. Kristen Ritter jumps on and grabs the microphone. That's awesome. Yeah, baby, Alan Feinstanley. Melissa Rosenberg and Brian Michael Bendis with the guitar solo. He must have been shitting himself when that happened. And there she is, the drawing of Kristen Ritter, a.k.a. Jessica Jones. So this is where uh, the the series, you know, really um, starts its final run and doesn't stop. You know, we've had a great plot moment so far, but we've also had slower character moments, world-building stuff. But right here, with Jessica's old office life, Having her life together, pre-Kilgrave. Um, and the fact that it's basically the Fight Club scene, the the blackmailing. Um, but yeah, this is it. This is it. Episode 5. It's from now till the end of the season. You won't be able to stop. <laughs> Taps with the giant index figure. Man, she's so long and lanky. Uh oh, weekly trips to Atlantic City. Non existent employee. <laughs> the only thing she doesn't do is start beating herself in the face like Edward Norton in Fight Club. Uh, that's, that's the only thing she doesn't do. Fafa, felony. <laughs> it, this show is one of those where I have to watch the subtitles for the commentary, but I wish I wasn't watching them. <laughs> because her delivery is brilliant. And the. Extortionists, your parents. Uh oh. Talked about the parents. Yep. Boom. Uh, superpowers. I'm free for happy hour. Oh, right. So this is great. So she meets Trish for a drink, I think, coming up. She saves uh, Trish's dignity. Here we go. And that's the thing, we've we've pretty much, through four episodes, bought their love and connection to each other, but this is what locks it in, that they're sisters. They truly are sisters in all the important ways. You're good at bullshit. Exactly, Trish was right. Oh, here we go. I think we'd be a match. <laughs> An amazing offer. <laughs> Rachel Taylor. Oh, God. She must have to deal with this all the time. Patsy. <laughs> Jessica wants to destroy this guy. I learned a lot from Patsy. Oh no, he's talking about masturbating to her. Oh man, the bald-headed bishop. Here, here it comes. Yep, 
This is it. This is superhero Jessica with her best friends. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> That's the thing. Whether you're a man or woman, you know, straight, gay, or otherwise, Kristen Ritter is exactly the kind of friend you want to have. You know? Seriously. This is the girl you want to have. If you're a guy, makes you look cool, other girls are interested, but she can still, you know, defend you. Uh, another woman... She's not really threatening because she's not hitting on the same guys as you are. She's interested in different guys. Not this guy. Luke Cage. It's the opposite of this guy. I would love to see Luke Cage beat this guy. Uh, so casting douchebags is is really an art. And Wedding Crashers nailed it. <laughs> Wedding Crashers nailed it with Sack, a.k.a. Bradley Cooper. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, you know. This looks so hard. I love it. Yeah, this is it. I, I was hooked after this. They spend so much time on this. I mean, we're like, what, five, six minutes in? Oh, and she broke it. 999. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rare talent. Some people you know, can, can live entire careers on playing the douchebag in Hollywood. Sorry. Chilling <laughs> Mikkel... <laughs> The 30-day shred. The 30-day shred changed her life. Yeah. Here it comes. Trish wanting her to be a superhero. Oh, guided falling. I love it. I always talk about this. Yeah. I don't get you. You have money, looks, radio show. I've been leading up to this in my commentary without really realizing it. This very conversation. To save the world, of course. Jessica has one thing over her, which is her ability to save the world. Trish wants it. <laughs> Shots on Trish Walker. <sighs> yeah. And she went from Patsy to Trish. I mean, they just nailed the whole thing. I don't know how they came up with the Trish Walker. Uh, I don't know how they came up with the Trish Walker character, but it's brilliant, and the series would never work without her there, hovering over Jessica's shoulder. Yeah, we see Malcolm before he's Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Quarter to ten, like clockwork. Right, junkies aren't known for keeping schedule. They're all putting together. That's the thing. Trish doesn't have uh, Jessica's superpowers or even her, you know, investigatory ability, but she's definitely a smart, can put it together. <laughs> right, so this is great. So we've established that Jessica's superhero uniform is a scarf, a leather jacket, jeans, and black boots, which is amazing. Which is what I love when girls wear that at particular outfit, however way fits them. So here she's in a white denim, like a spotless white denim jacket, a gray fleece hoodie. Uh, we do get her in some pink and magenta here, which is nice. Always great to see her with color. And one of the keys to the series is that she only smiles three times during the entire series, basically. And they all have to do with Kilgrave, either forced or put on she never smiles jane smiles you know a lot considering her character in breaking bad i rewatched season two breaking bad recently i couldn't believe how much she smiled but because of the smile set up with hope schlotman in the initial episode oh here's Kilgrave. oh yeah i love it oh the camera this is right yeah, that was a perfect ca- use of the uh what do they call it the, the, like the tunneling effect with a camera 
Everything's warping around them. She's talking about Bird Street, Higgins Drive. Yeah. Uh, she's performing self-therapy and trying to be a superhero at the same time. She's got this fentanyl. And I think she gets him here. And then something else goes wrong. Oh, Billy. Why do they keep calling him Billy? M- Malcolm. I have no idea why I call him Billy. I apologize, people. That's Malcolm. He seems like a Billy, you know? So Kilgrave's looking at the photos. There's a chessboard. And then he hands him drugs. And Malcolm goes. Ah, four months ago. Interesting. Oh, so Malcolm's been doing this from the beginning. Oh, that's so sad. If anything, Kristen Ritter's too skinny. I talked about, you know, I'm not going to try and objectify Kristen Ritter and other women or men in this series or any series, but, you know, she almost is extra skinny here as compared to Jane in Breaking Bad. You know, I wish women like her would feel, you know, well, whatever. I'm not going to tell women like her what to do, but as long as she's healthy, that's all I care about. <laughs> healthy and happy. <laughs> right, the red the red hat, uh the baseball cap. Yep, and this is the, you know, the homeland surveilling stuff. But it's way more compelling even though the stakes are way lower. Yeah, there's the oh, it is a Samsung. Okay. I've been saying it's an iPhone Plus. I guess it's a Samsung. At times it appears to act like an iPhone. Uh maybe Samsung's act more like iPhones. Oh, this is a brilliant move. Right. Yeah, it would be too easy if he, there was just a meetup spot every day. And so Kilgrave basically sends one or numerous messengers to communicate to Malcolm about where to meet, and these people forget them immediately. I don't have time for this. Yeah, get intermediaries who forget as soon as they give away the information. I'm not sure they ever use the word crack with Malcolm. He's just a drug addict, you can tell. Better crack than heroin, I suppose. Oh, man. And, yeah, just to tease that, I don't know if it's this episode or the next, but JJ forces him to become sober, ultimately. And uh, it's a great mirror to Jane Margulies. Oh, pours the coffee on himself. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. You know, first of all, at this point, there's no way you feel any mercy or sympathy for Kilgrave. However, there are moments that are set up via the plot and the character interactions down the road where you do feel the temptation to maybe feel sorry for him a little bit based on his background and his childhood. But right now, he's just an asshole. (laughs) He smashes the glass and sighs. Shit. This is the thing. It's, you know... Her being able to say shit whenever she wants, it's Netflix. You need this. This is, you know, yeah, Marvel needs this outlet. It makes it even harder on DC because DC tries to be so dark in terms of, like, aesthetics and so forth. And in terms of apparent themes, but Daredevil Season 1 and Jessica Jones Season 1 are much darker in terms of real human themes to anything in the DC world TV movie or otherwise. <laughs> Ruben's worried about her. <laughs> oh, the banana bread. They set up the banana bread. I think it's a few episodes before uh, Kilgrave offs this kid with the banana bread. No, and she takes it. <laughs> Who
Who doesn't like banana bread? I guess if you don't like bananas. I love banana bread. Oh, yeah, she's she hasn't eaten. I, that's the thing. I think that is part of her character. Like, I don't think they made her lose more weight. God, I hope not, because she's already so thin. But it, she's the kind of character that is up all day, rarely sleeps, is constantly working. You think Trish is having a nightmare or a dream here, and she's getting oral sex. This is great. Another never been done in Marvel before. That's the thing. Jessica Jones does everything in Marvel that you wanted to say. Not that you need excessive sex, but it's like, you know. <laughs> Can you come back later? Right, Trish has been trying to get Jessica to hang out all this time, and now she's like, can you come back later? But yeah, Jessica Jones is not eating much. She doesn't have money, doesn't have time. She's nauseous constantly. Oh, so fucking uh, Simpson here is this entire reveal of what's going on. He's <laughs> such a douchebag. <laughs> yeah, it was a little tough to think Trish would fall for this guy. I mean, no, you know, beautiful girls and Jackie guys, blah, blah, blah. She's super intelligent and super deep, but but they do have physical chemistry, which is the important thing for television. I need a place to stash him. Yeah, right. Simpson wants to kill him, but if he's dead, then they can't get evidence on him and testify or have him testify to help Hope. So here's where we hear about his, like, you know, super hardcore special ops military pass, which Jessica makes fun of. Right. Booty call. Uh oh. Not your business. As long as I don't have to work with him, I need you to rent a van and drive. All right. <laughs> Simpson, so yeah, they need they needed the uh, masculine guy who thinks the women can't handle themselves. Great moment right here. I'm sorry, Jessica. What did he actually say? Sorry, Trista says yeah. He actually said sorry. It just that explains everything right there. That look. Wow, we usually date guys who don't say sorry. <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> but seriously, he could be useful. Oh, she's great. Rachel Taylor. These two together could carry this season. Three, four, five seasons. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Trish Walker getting everything in order. <laughs> Yeah, you got a lot of temporary alliances in this show. You got Jessica with Hogarth on and off with the alliances. You got Jessica and Simpson. This isn't going to last long. Obviously, the Trish-Jessica duo will never be broken up unless one of them is killed. Yeah, Simpson didn't really bother me. I mean, he was such a pulpy character. It is such a pulpy character, but it fits within the genre. I mean, look at the way they shoot this. This could be from the 50s. The camera angles they're taking up above, 45 degree through the windshield. Got the blue on the green. I mean, you know, most movies, they just say, okay, black car, white car, who cares? Whatever, it's a car. Nope, they're matching these colors. 
Now, you don't know anything when it comes to Kilgrave. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know anything. She tries to train him briefly, but it's just not... Yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> that, that was a commercial break if I ever heard one, but they don't need it on Netflix. Exfil. He's talking about Exfil, Exfiltration. <laughs> right, I figured out was Malcolm. You dismissed him. You know, again, another reason to binge watch these shows. You get these little references when you have season five referring to season two and foreshadowing things. And you know, um, you know, w- when you have something in episode five referencing episode two and foreshadowing something in episodes nine and ten. Good, fine. Yeah, a couple of babies here. <laughs> and here, right, here's the whole woman thing. She wants to beat the shit out of him. I, I I don't think she gets a chance to. I think Trish ends up taking him down. Under four, right? Her her miles like three and a half minutes. It's great. You know, we never see the super speed though. This is great. You think she's gonna leave him? You think she's gonna leave him? He doesn't look as scared as he should. They're cursing at each other. Yeah, dear GI Joe, you definitely have a screw list. You've gone down a small village. <laughs> this is the airing of grievances where they don't actually have to hear what the grievances are. But they're testing out the equipment. Thumbs up. <laughs> this is like Thor getting hit by the car for the third time or whatever. I cannot believe Kristen Ritter pulled this off. But here it is. Boop. Stops a slow car. Saves the girl. Hoagie girl. Superhero saves her. (laughs) The sandwich saved me. The name of the episode. Mm. Oh, there's a smile. That's one of the three or four in the entire series from Kristen Ritter. Hoagies, two for one all day. I love that they're calling it hoagies, by the way. That's a Philadelphia term. You're welcome, New York. Yeah. Yeah. Even Ruben knows about Rehab as naive as he is. He might have day. I think this is the episode where she not only turns him back, but gets him clean. I think this is it. Which is an amazing mirror to her character in Breaking Bad, who so tragically dies after she's just getting her life together because of Jesse Pinkman. And because of her own weakness. And that she hadn't fully dealt with uh, her issues. (laughs) You want to go to a movie? (laughs) No, it's just back to the straight weird look. There's no wise uh, envy there. No, no, no envy of wisdom. Bad files, man. And that's what makes me buy Trish fucking this guy for a few episodes, is that she never stops being suspicious of him, even though she's attracted to him. Um, and when he starts going weird, she catches it and, and hones in on it well before he goes ridiculously weird. You know, as soon as he starts going off, off the deep end a little bit, she calls him on it and that's it. 
Well, here comes with the powers in the car accident. You won't find that on Wikipedia. Well, yeah, actually, you can find Jessica Jones's power in Wikipedia, but not in this world where she's just a person and not a Marvel Comics superhero. Other powers. Laser eyes. Yeah, and that's the thing. He's so fascinated by Jessica, even though he wants to take her out eventually. Trish gets annoyed about how obsessed he is with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to know who I'm throwing in with. This is that this mission statement right here. Mm-hmm. Do you trust me? Mm-hmm. You trust that I'm a decent human being. I know you are. And I know Jessica is. Boom. That's it. So if Simpson wants to be with her, she has to trust, you know. If Simpson wants to be with Trish, he has to trust and, if not love Jessica, then have, you know, a love for her. It's like he's chewing on something all the time. What's he chewing on? Is he a tobacco back there? I don't think she's that attractive. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Will, uh, whatever your name is, the place Will said, Trish is hotter than you. Though he's built. <laughs> so, right. So when they put Jess in like flannel shirts or like, you know, alternative hoodies, it's like a whole new look, you know, even though comparatively to the rest of the society, <laughs> it's the same, you know, hipster goth chick. Um, but, uh, yeah, small things like that. Oh, here's Hope. Oh, everything with Hope's amazing. All right, let's listen. Are you all right? Oh, is this Hope uh, got beat down? Um, No. Okay, Hope is going to guilt Jessica into giving her money so that an older inmate can beat her. This with that woman right there, that tall, black, big woman with the short hair, is going to beat her within an inch of her life to try and get rid of the baby in her stomach. This is an abortion exchange right here. It's amazing. You don't know when it's happening. Jessica has no idea that that's what's happening. But the exchange of goods and money here lead to an abortion attempt. Did you bring me cash or not? Oh, look at Hope. Hope Star. Uh, Our show's coming on. Can't tell if it's a threat or an invitation. Oh, looks like a threat and an invitation. Hope makes use of that threateningness. Jessica can't say no after what she just saw. Anything to give Hope a fighting chance in jail. But Hope uses this for that woman that we just saw to beat the shit out of her in an attempted abortion. I'm close, Hope. Yeah, Hope's still skeptical at this point. And Hope will remain skeptical until Jessica kidnaps and captures and jails Kilgrave. Oh, this is great. You had to have this, even in Jessica Jones, especially Jessica Jones. <laughs> All the horrible costume ideas that Trish has for Jessica as a superhero. <laughs> right, waterproof, flame resistant. This is exactly what Tony Stark's always thinking about with the Avengers uniforms. <laughs> and can't keep saving people dressed as a hoagie. <laughs> Uh, 
Yeah, and here's Trish wanting to be a superhero. Chess is the one with the powers. <laughs> but we'll see if they make her Shadow Cat. They're being very ambiguous about it. But, you know, they've spent too much time setting Trish up as someone who is both capable and willing. Camel toe. <laughs> Trish. Love and admiration and respect. You can be here. Look at Kristen Ritter here. Eyes. The way she moves her head. The potato chip sexily and mischievously in her mouth. And then boom. Current day. Badass. Fucking Kristen Ritter, a.k.a. Jessica Jones. Look at the way they spin the camera. We haven't seen this yet in the series. They keep it going. She opens the door. There's Malcolm. Perfect timing. We know this isn't a set. This is a real location. Makes it feel lived in. It makes it feel real. She's on to him. She's angry. She's upset. She's upset at herself for taking this long to pick up on, you know, the fact that this was going on. Feeling really bad for Malcolm. Pissed at him, but knows that she shouldn't be. Yeah, and Jessica is not someone who normally looks people down unless she's studying them or investigating them. I don't think Malcolm's been, you know, accustomed to to her looking at him that way as they go up and down the elevator together every day. Hey, what'd she say? Hang in there. So this is the beginning of Jessica being, you know, okay. So right now Jessica does not know that she is cured of Kilgrave's virus or whatever or immune to it and that he can't control her. She has some suspicions, I think. I don't think that when she quote-unquote figures it out later in the season that it's like, oh, this is great. Oh, they got the team together. Trish has got the little earpiece. It's like the Avengers. They have no idea what they're doing. They bought it on Amazon for like 40 bucks or something like that. Those earpieces (laughs) do not engage. (laughs) Calls him a weirdo. Let's go back to tense silence. (laughs) Yeah, Trish is trying to hold it together. But, um, and look at Trish getting amped up for this. She gets her ass kicked coming up, and that it haunts her for a while. You know, these are the two best fighters of the three, obviously. Jessica could crush this guy with her palm. Oh, I love the Captain America costume. I mean, blatant reference to this being the Marvel Universe. But what's great is, in this context, it's referring to Captain America in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, not on the big screen or whatever. It's not referring to Chris Evans. It's actually referring to Captain America, who people in New York love and worship and admire for saving them, for the most part, in the Battle of New York. Obviously, as we saw in the previous episode, not everyone feels that way about the gifted folks. All right, so the messenger's sent to tell Malcolm where to go. And this is a classic, everything's going too easily episode. (laughs) It's how we're going to misdirect you and and string it out a bit more. But you had to do it. 
you had, you know, the Sufantanel seemed just way too convenient. You had to have them execute a plan where the Sufantanel actually worked and surprised Kilgrave and knocked him out, but he had measures in place that they weren't expecting. But we will get there. Sixteenth straight. Okay, so we are downtown. Oh, we're on Union Square. Okay, Union Square West. Yeah, Union Square, great place. You know, the, the site of uh, protests and revolutions, and just chilling the fuck out for a hundred years. David Tennant, man. God, he looks so evil. But he's like Tom Hiddleston, who's Loki. You know, you see these guys interviewed in real life. They're like the sweetest guys on the planet. Uh, I tend to think, you know, it's the sweet but very sensitive and perceptive, especially from the males who play great bad guys. You know, often people who are psychotic in real life play good guys in Hollywood and vice versa. Uh, That's an interesting comment. Heath Ledger was definitely not the Joker. Uh, he, he, you know, he, you know, far from it. I have a shot. I'm taking it. Uh oh. Here we go. JJ, he's gonna. Oh, this is great. Oh yeah, baby. Hey, shithead over here. We're in the middle of episode five. Boom. And then he nails up the gun. Yeah. Oh. You know, you're gone. Okay, they got him so early. It's only mid to season five. Um, and I'm sorry, you say it's only mid episode five. They got him. They got him. And then I think the spell is now lifted from everyone, including Malcolm, once he's out. I'm sorry, I had to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, sorry. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this you know this is Jane Margulis from Breaking Bad getting her shit together, not being able to give up the alcohol, but she gives up everything else and becoming a superhero with her brains and balls. It's like Jane lives again, you know. More clear, he's out. Jessica's in the back, and this is important that she looks at him and thinks about killing him. Yeah, she. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> He's alive. We needed that moment, though. You know, it, it's catharsis. It's like Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, whatever your people, whatever your gender, species, race, whatever. You need that catharsis. And, you know, hopefully men felt that catharsis as strongly as women, if not more so, for what this guy's done and going to do. Oh, they found the tracker. <laughs> and this is a brilliant idea, that these guys are actually hired by money. Oh, yeah, Trish gets tased. Uh, these guys are actually hired by money, and they're not mind-controlled for this exact reason. If someone were to put him out and take out his mind-control and kidnap him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. She can take the taser as well as uh, Chris Evans. The fighting in this uh, show is not good at all. That was a nice next lamb. But I love it. It fits the theme perfectly. Make it brutal, hand to hand. You know, uh, yeah, not a whole lot of cuts. You know, just have it be a big brawl. 
It's like the elevator scene in Cap Winter Soldier. <laughs> She's still getting tased. This guy can fight. You know, I give Will credit. Still, they're still tasing her. Um, and it's like with with any superhero, like with Wolverine, for example. You know, even once Wolverine got his healing powers back in the Wolverine, when the ninja shot like 30, 40 arrows into his body from all angles, like he went down. He didn't die. He eventually escaped and lived and won. But just like Jessica here, they didn't kill her. They didn't really take her out. They just took her down long enough to to rescue their guy. So wait, did they take out? I think they took out one of the rescue squad and they're going to what? Try and threaten him or torture him. Yeah, it's way too easy. I remember being a little frustrated uh, when this happened. It was, you know, because it was such a manipulation. This is the only manipulation in the series. That they got Kilgrave so easily. We're getting the revenge, and then he's gone. But this is what brings you back in it immediately. One taste, and I'm useless. Yeah. I can't do that thing where I make you feel better, okay? I don't know how. My favorite line in the series, maybe my favorite line between two best friend characters on television ever, it is says everything. She wants things to be better with Trish. She wants Trish to feel better. She has no idea, doesn't know how to do it. And so she tells her that she doesn't know how to do it. But by saying so, shows her that she's trying to do it. Trish and Jess, I love it. I absolutely love that best friendship. We we all, you know, whether it's same sex or different sex or transgender or whatever, we, we yearn for that other person, that platonic, you know, good friend who just understands what we say, with, um, you know, even when we're not saying it. Right, I work for a firm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, these guys aren't controlled, and they're just realizing it. They were they were hired mercenaries. Such a goddamn idiot. Kilgrave knew she had the drugs. Oh, Malcolm knew about the surgical drugs. Oh, right from the hospital. See, it ties all together. It's amazing. It's amazing. Mal- yeah. Yep, Kilgrave was seven steps ahead on the Sufantanel. Right, here comes the real black ops shit. Yeah, sure, whatever you need. Don't torture me. You know, Simpson wants to torture this guy. Oh, man. Jessica's still trying to keep him on the plan. Serve and protect. You're right. She should have to be telling him to serve and protect. You're a cop. I'm not sure if he's ever really a cop, you know, if he was just embedded as a cop, but still in his military organization. They kind of imply that he left the military, you know, against their will. They've been trying to get him back. Oh, here it goes. So, right, and that's the thing. And this is what sums up the show, is if the five-minute turn of Kilgrave where you don't see him and then you see him and they take him out and she's getting revenge and then he's gone you you just move on because you get this and this is what makes this series special well not just Jessica taking people out without breaking us sweat but that Malcolm is turning back to the good guys and she's gonna complete it by forcing him or at least at first, forcing him, boom, again, against, oh, man. 
I think that's the same shot. They just read it twice. Him going against the couch. And there's another one. She's constantly slamming doors, slamming people. It's great. They're going outside the normal one, two, three gag. You know, it's always on the third time in movies and television. They'll just do it over and over and over and over again until it stops being funny. And this is the key here. And this is it. This, you know, this ties everything together. She doesn't know Malcolm yet. She saves his life. This is the beginning of her being a superhero. And at the very moment that she becomes a superhero, she's abducted by Kilgrave. It's unbelievable. I mean, you know, <laughs> she has a really good excuse for not being a superhero because as soon as she did, she caught the attention of Kilgrave and everything went to shit. It looks good, though, tossing people around. It's not like it's bad practical effects. Oh, here we go. I'm going to turn up the volume here. This is so great. This is where he falls for her. You are sight to behold. She's amazing. Mm? Yeah? <laughs> you bore me, leave, go. Yeah, he's fine. He controls her immediately. There's a look on his face, too, like he wasn't sure he was going to be able to control her right away. Bam! There you are! Oh, God, David Tennant. This is where you fall in love with him, as evil as he is. Come here, let me look at you. So she only smiles when she's under his command. It's great. A vision, hair, and skin, as we've been talking about. Appalling sense of fashion. <laughs> right, he has, her start wear, uh, he has her start wearing dresses and stuff like that. Not quite as good, of course. Look at her. Mind-controlled. Neutral face with a little bit of a, of a smile. I helped someone. I made a difference. Right, this is the truth serum. And this is where we learn that Jessica is a truly noble person, even though he's mocking her for it. It's because this is truth serum. She's, she's telling the, uh, the truth. She made a difference. She wants to help someone. Just Jessica Jones. No superhero name. <laughs> Rather prosaic. <laughs> Tenant's amazing. He's he's creepy, annoying, but you never want to hear him stop talking. And he's hilarious with great timing and great looks. Look at her. That's the thing. You, you know, it, we see Jessica Jones directly under control of Kilgrave for like 3% of the series. There's Malcolm. They don't know each other yet besides this. But when she's under his control, there's this comforting smiling look on her face she looks like a different person <laughs> i don't right like i said she only has the smooth peanut butter yeah i mean this is you know if, if you watch i'm not gonna harp on it too much if you watch breaking bad this is the scene that you wish had happened to jane before she choked on her own vomit and walt didn't try and save her and she's doing it for him and, you know, I've been calling her an alcoholic, and she's been described as an alcoholic, and she's clearly drinking all the time. But the bottom line is, she has a ridiculous tolerance. She can drink all night and, and you know, just be, you know, mildly tipsy. So it's not really a fair comparison to a normal person like Malcolm here. In fact, she could probably do all those drugs, and she'd be affected, but not the same. Oh, look at this is great. This is when you're like, oh my god, this kid is actually a great actor, and they've been hiding it from us. Look at him. I take pictures of you because he made you. This is so real. I mean, this totally feels like from The Wire. 
Right, and then once a day, 10 a.m., 12 hours. Right. Jessica's already put it together. The, the drugs kept him going when the mind control went out. Retching. I'm not sure we see anyone go sober like this. Cold turkey, and even in the wire, you don't see this very often. You know, it's just like someone goes to rehab and then they're they're fine. But the brilliant part of this scene, spoiler alert, is that she eventually just gets sick of him whining and actually throws him the drugs and basically questions his uh, his manhood. Here he goes. It's coming up soon. Just keep my goddamn drugs. I mean, this guy probably isn't, the actor hasn't touched a drug in his life, but man, is he convincing. Jessica brought a blanket. You're not going anywhere. I'm going to keep you here until you get off that fucking shit. But, um, but Mr. Ika Darville, who plays Malcolm, who is also Australian somehow, um, He's only like 25 or 26. Right. She says, I won't stop fighting. But if you give up, I lose. Right. That's the problem with Jessica. I talked about this with the Iron Man comparison before, is that she's not just fighting her fight, but she has to keep everyone around her fighting as well, or she loses. Right. Because anyone she knows or cares about is a potential weapon to use against her by Kilgrave. That's the whole point. Mm. 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 Here it comes. You choose. Throws in the drugs. To stop being a self-pitying piece of shit and help me for once. He saved her. He's, uh, she saved him numerous times. You know where this is going, but with the camera work, look at that color, that light pink toilet with the needle. His skin is so screwed up. I mean, they really make him look like a drug addict, but still appealing in some weird way. He's crying. You know he's going to dump out the drugs, so it's all about performance. Here's Trish. Got the 50s detective story shooting going with the lights coming in and out. Uh, but putting bullets in it. Yeah, Trish wants to be a superhero. There's the revolver. Yeah, I mean, these, you know, he, the the fetishization of, of guns, it's just more appealing when it's a revolver than that, a normal handgun. Uh, here they go. They're going to beat the shit out of hope. Man, I can't believe Marvel let this go. I think they were almost hoping it would get buried. Um, you know, Jessica Jones on Netflix. Yeah, it'll be a cool cult show, and that'll be it. Nope. Critically and uh, audience acclaimed, and they're doing a second season. <laughs> she paid these people to come and beat her in the middle of the night so that she'd have an impromptu abortion it's horrifying from this guy from this fucking guy who's still in his silk shirt (laughs) he's the one that has the appalling sense of fashion of course this 
So this is the first time we are seeing things from Kilgrave's perspective. No one else around. No one's looking at him. It's him looking at himself in the mirror. You have a tooth fallout from Jessica beating his his brains in. He likes it. It's a turn on. That's why he's attracted to her. Yeah. He's so brilliant. I mean, Wilson Fisk in the first season of Daredevil does a great job and is a great actor, but what they let David Tennant do with his time on screen is, you know, for someone who's just pure evil, it's about as three-dimensional and compelling and relatable as you're ever going to get for a villain. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, they're talking on the phone. I don't think she says a word. So rare. Yeah, for me to feel powerless. <laughs> it's, it's exhilarating. <laughs> My life was literally in your hands. Yeah, she has to say anything the whole time. Right. Why do you want me to live? Is it because of hope? Hmm? Is he going to figure that out? Right, he could just show up and force it on her. He knows that's not true. She suspects maybe that's not true. <laughs> uh, it's completely unfair. This is the beginning of the self-rationalizing of, uh, you know, the evil version of Tony Stark, basically. The self-rationalizing of Kilgrave, everything he does. It's all for her. This is amazing direction right here. I'm sorry. I'm just speechless. I would, this happened in the fifth episode. I was like, are you shitting me? I thought this was going to be like the second to last episode. Oh, right. So this is how he threatens her with the selfies. She has to send him daily selfies and he'll leave Malcolm alone. Which is what he wanted the whole time. What's the only thing better than getting pictures of the woman you're obsessed with? Getting those pictures from her willingly. At least in his sick, crazy minds. I'm not big on, on photos in general. Come on, Jessica. And this is rape here. This is emotional, psychological rape. She's being raped right now over the phone with this horrible human being, if you can call him that. He's not touching her physically, but in every other way. So she's not going to do it, I think. And then she sees that Malcolm actually got it together, and she says, okay, for the sake of this guy, I'm going to do it. Again, multitasking an insane amount. I'm waiting, Jessica. Just the way he says Jessica in that, you know, snobby British accent. Right, she says fuck it. She goes to check on Malcolm. I mean, this is an episode, again, that advances the plot hugely. I mean, think about it. We're, this is the same episode where they, they had Kilgrave and lost him. And yet, the important thing of this episode is she saves Malcolm she gets him clean. He voluntarily throws the drugs away. And she's going to do one selfie a day for the indefinite future to this horrible rapist, creepazoid Kilgrave, in order to keep him away from Malcolm. Here it comes. Look at him. 
his total apathy. That's the thing. He's so bored with life. He can control anything, you know. And and there is a little kind of Joker-esque nihilism to him, for sure. His character and the amount of time they have, boom. Um, You know, they can flesh him out way more than the Joker. It doesn't have to be nearly as over-the-top physically as the Joker, but there is that nihilism. And if you don't believe in ethics or morals or any kind of meaning to life or, you know, friends or anything like that, then what you will gravitate towards are the things that give you pleasure. And so that's what he's doing. He's eliminating things that cause him pain and uh, trying to create situations that are pleasurable for him because that's his entire meaning to life. But once Jessica figures out how to give him pain, that's when the tides turn. Hope you enjoyed Jessica Jones Season 1, Episode 5. See you next for Episode 6, which is called AKA You're a Winner! Exclamation point. Bizzlecast. I am out.